Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 29 of the unofficial, official, unofficial Rogue Company podcast broadcast. I'm here with Dirt Lord. I'm here with Garbo. And I'm here with Griffin. And this is the Rogue Company podcast, bringing you all the news that you need to know. And we're going to start off first here with a little bit of a update. So it's been since March. March was the last time we got a This Week in Rogue Company. March. And we finally got one. And we're going to check it out and we're going to talk about it. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of This Week in Rogue Company. I know it's been a while, but I was off on paternity leave taking care of my baby. And now that I'm back, we have got plenty to talk about. In this episode, we are going to be addressing our solution to a long-standing community concern of gadget spam. The solution that we're pursuing is a gadget cooldown system with the goal of reducing the amount of throwable gadgets that you see in a match overall. Let's check it out. The gadget cooldown system is exactly what it sounds like. When gadgets are thrown, they will now go on cooldown instead of being used for good. The trade-off here is that when you respawn, you are not automatically given a new set of your purchased gadgets. When you respawn now, your cooldowns will just continue ticking on from where they left off when you died. We chose this solution to the gadget spam problem because it gives us a high degree of control over the issue. We can now control each individual gadget's cooldown behavior, giving us more freedom to finesse the changes instead of needing to make a blanket change on gadgets as a whole. Additionally, many utility gadgets that gain a second charge on their final upgrade, something like flashbangs or smoke grenades, no longer get the second charge, but instead have a 10% reduced cooldown reduction upgrade in the final slot. We've also made a couple of perk changes to complement this new system. We have added a brand new perk called Gadgeteer. This perk reduces your gadget cooldowns by 5, 10, and 15% for the rare, epic, and legendary versions. This perk is getting integrated onto quite a few rogues, so make sure you check out the patch notes or come watch the update show to see precisely who is getting it and what perks the Gadgeteer will replace on that rogue. Finally, we've removed the resupply perk as the drop from this perk instantly refreshed your gadgets and that sort of goes against our goals of reducing the number of gadgets used throughout the match. Small side note here is that the legendary restock perk has had the resupply drop effect removed from it and the legendary 15% cooldown reduction effect from Gadgeteer added instead. That is for this week's episode of Twerk. Thank you all so much for watching. Make sure you stop by the full update show so you can get a look at everything that's coming in this update, not just gadget cooldown. Spoiler alert, we have some exciting things coming for those of you with high mastery levels on your rogues. Thank you all so much for watching. I hope to see you at the update show, and I'll see you next time. So if we look over here at this tweet that went out on uh, July the 15th, but if you look at this tweet that was sent out on July the 15th, it says, Some stories have more to be told. Tune in next Thursday, July the 21st, for the blank, 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 blank. I don't know what that says because it's whited out uh, update show. So I called it the redacted update show, yeah. you know. But so the update show's coming next Thursday. Finally, it's been a long time coming, to be completely honest. Like, we need it. The community needs it in a big way. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. So with the 
the little snippet that we got here on This Week in Rogue Company, they are going to be changing the way that gadgets work. They're going to be putting them on a cooldown system instead of like, whenever you die in a respawn match, you come back with all of your gadgets, whether they're lethal or non-lethal or both, whatever you have, you come right back with it. And then you can just kill yourself, you can opt out, you know, whatever, and come back with it. And whenever you do, you just have fully new, new gadgets to, to, to play with at that point. Um, I saw a lot of people complaining about this in on Twitter specifically. Whenever they released the update show, there was a lot of people talking about it. And I'm assuming that a lot of these people are people that play specifically the respawn game modes, right? Because mm-hmm. you can really rack up a ton of kills just by having grenades, Simtex, incendiary. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, flashbangs. Yeah. And it makes sense that this change is coming now because strikeout, ranked strikeout's been in the game for what a month and a half now, a month, month and a half. Yeah. Um, and they've been gathering a ton of feedback around ranked strikeout experience. And I guarantee you that, like, like I said before, people that thought that they were going to get on there and wreck people and strike out realized very quickly what this ranked environment was going to be like, and then you really start to see the exploitive nature of having specific rogues with specific gadgets in a respawn game mode and how that can turn the tides of like any match. Right. Especially that coupled with like Dima or switchblade or Ronan, anybody that has explosive abilities that can just like wipe out multiple people in one, in one blast in one shot. Mm -hmm. So as far as demolition is concerned, I'm going to give the developers the benefit of the doubt here and think that they have enough knowledge and enough experience developing video games to know that if they don't put that cooldown far enough out, if they don't put the the time limit on those gadgets far enough out, that you're going to reintroduce gadget spam back into demolition. Because we, we have successfully gotten away from gadget spam already in demolition alone. With... with no gadgets dropping whenever a player dies with um, the increased price of everything and the fact that like most people either have armor, tenacity, or their toughness is high enough that they can tank the majority of the uh, explosive gadgets already. So I don't think it's a bad thing. As long as the cooldown for these gadgets are appropriate, I don't think it's a bad thing. What do you guys think? Not for I us. You, man. Man. I really do think as long it really does boil down to the cool times. I mean, but they do have more control over it. They even said that too. So like maybe if it's not doing good at first, I mean, hopefully they don't have to make adjustments. But they're still there. Like they do have more control of it. At least they didn't get rid of like utilities altogether, you know? Yeah. So like you get it that one time and then you're just done with it, you know, until the next round. Yeah, exactly. So, and uh I think it's going to be interesting, especially considering the people that may have access to Gadgeteer. Um, and then, like, with that final upgrade for a lot of those uh, non-lethal gadgets that that you're supposed to normally carry multiples of, like flashbangs, tear gas, stems, things like that, it's going to be a very interesting and very uh, unique way of playing the game going forward. Because, like, like we were talking the other night, Nine times out of ten, when you play around a demo, like it's like two minutes, two and a half minutes, 
you don't use your grenades right out of the gate. You usually use them whenever you know that there's an enemy nearby, or if you think that there's an enemy nearby, you're going to use your gadgets then. If that cooldown is right, then it should la- you should be out of gadgets until the next round starts, you know? Uh, yeah, throughout that whole round, no matter what. Yeah. And like I said, I want to give the developers the benefit of the doubt on this. I want to think that like, since they took all this time to review everything and see how everything was going, I would honestly think that they factored in the, the demolition side of everything. Even though... Well, what str- about the or, like, even if they purchased a demolition, would it, maybe would it grant them enough time to get a... I mean, possibly, because I don't know if that, that video is an accurate representation, but Mac bought legendary restock through the grenade and it came back in six seconds. That's not good. If you get no. a grenade back every six seconds, whoa. Yeah, exactly. It's like, get Mac. Don't even buy a weapon. Just use the warrant. Yeah, that's worse than before. <laughs> yeah, like, just use the warrant and get re- uh, restock at the legendary perk, and then just spam grenades the entire time. Drag out, dude. Yeah, exactly. So, whoa. I, I think, and this also provides a lot of unintentional, or well, I guess technically intentional buffs and nerfs to certain characters in the game. So, this is definitely going to buff runway in a huge way because this is going to make runway more crucial to the team being able to actually get those second gadgets right out of the gate. And it yeah, also cooldown. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah. and if they, if they work it that way to where whenever somebody hits the briefcase and you get those extra gadgets, then once you use like both of your, uh, lethal gadgets, it shouldn't go on cooldown. It should just be canceled out for the rest of the round. Yep. I agree. I mean, could you imagine a Mac, with the, if it if it really is six seconds, he hits the briefcase. He's got two frag grenades. He uses both frag grenades, and then six seconds later, he's got a third frag grenade. He's gonna have a th- yeah. It's, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I was like, he's gonna have a third grenade, dude. Yeah, and like if he can just napalm on you, yeah, like an aerial assault, just barrage grenades. Exactly right. Um, <laughs> And then, like, depending on how the cooldowns work, I think that it's going to make the trophy systems uh, more of an important thing, specifically in later, like, later rounds and and both in terms of, like, playtime and also round length. Because if flashbangs, you're going to get one flashbang if it gets the uh, 10% cooldown from upgrading it all the way. And then let's say that one of the rogues has the 15% cooldown for it, and you're going to be getting those flashbangs back towards the end of an actual gameplay round, then it's going to be even more crucial to have those trophy systems set up. Yeah, exactly. And like I said... I can also counter that too, because he also has APS systems. Yeah, exactly. So how fast is his restock for APS? That would be 25. It'd be 15. Yeah, it'd be 25%. Yeah. If all of that's true, it sounds like Mac has a low play rate. Yeah, exactly. You know right. how they always, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. And the same thing with Trench, too. Like, Trench is the yeah. only rogue that starts the rounds whenever he purchases gadgets with two gadgets equipped. Gadgets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's going to make him more, in theory, it should make him a more popular rogue. And then also the Dahlia pair, the Dahlia Trench pair. Because she has frag grenades oh. and trophy systems. So, yeah. Silent she, buff. 
Yeah, so it buffed a couple of characters and then it nerfed like everybody with flashbangs, everybody with stems, everybody with tear gas, you know, like all the, the two like EMPs, the, the non-lethal gadgets that you got two of, it it in turn nerfed those characters. But it's okay. Like it sucks whenever like you're playing against a team that has a talon, a switchblade, and a chalk, and you just are flash the entire round. Yeah. I mean, they've got six flashbangs between the three of them, and they can just dump flashbangs. Like, they'll flashbang the same person five times. Yeah. Yes. It's terrible, you know? So, I'm interested to see how this plays out, to be completely honest. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm not up in arms about it. I want to give the, the, the developers the benefit of the doubt, but the way that I see it is... You know, whenever you have the cooldowns now for the abilities and stuff, and we even saw it on the video where it had the seconds on there, mm-hmm. it always needs to have the seconds on there. It doesn't need to wait yeah. until it gets within five seconds. It needs to let you know right out of the gate so that you At can, yeah, so that you know what you're working with, because this is going to be very crucial whenever it comes down to playing those respawn game modes for the people that actually do play those game modes, you know? Mm-hmm. And on the hills of this, these are a little, a couple little things that we noticed whenever we were watching the video. So as you can see from this screen grab here, we have the pistols and we have the melee weapons where there's a box now. It says pistols available, six, melee, seven available, and we have a swap button. So that can only mean one thing. Mm-hmm. Pistol mastery and melee mastery is something that is probably going to be introduced in the game in the next update, I would have to say. And if they don't do some serious changes to some of the certain pistols, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pistol meta. Yeah. 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 I mean you have revolvers? All four people running around with revolvers? Yeah. Two tap. You know, two tap headshots. And then the warrants. Well, dude, with the warrant, you'll have people that they won't even buy a fucking yeah, exactly. Primary yeah. gun. They'll just rock. They'll upgrade that. Yeah. So they're they're that gonna nasty. Yeah, and there's a couple of subtle changes that they could make to some of these weapons to make them more viable. Like on the warrant, the thing with the warrant is the the damage, the fire rate, and then also the hip fire bloom. It all comes together and makes what would be considered, in my opinion, the perfect pistol in Rogue Company right now because there's hardly any bloom when you're hip firing it. It does like 20 to 22 damage per shot. I'm pretty sure that's what it does at medium uh, to close range. And then you can fire it as fast as you can pull the trigger. They're going to have to do something like they need to reduce the damage of the weapon. First of all, they need to drop it down to about 18 to 20. Somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, and then they need to increase the bloom of the hip fire to make it a little bit less reliable in those hip fire situations. Then there's other pistols that they need to they need to bring up a little bit, like the executioner. The executioner at one time was the best pistol in the game. It was my favorite pistol to use. What makes it not fun to use and what makes it bad in my opinion is the hip fire bloom on it. Yep. Yeah. That's you, the issue. You just can't rely on that as a secondary whenever you're getting pushed and you're trying to hip fire somebody. And like, if you're playing on controller 
on a new console or PC with with very strong aim, strong aim assist, then it makes sense for you to ADS that pistol. When you're playing on mouse and keyboard, that doesn't make sense to do that. It makes more sense to hip fire it so that you can see more of your surroundings because it's all it's going to do is slow you down. You know. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be some balance changes done to the to the pistol specifically, and then the melees. They're going to have to do something about the melees because now that they're introducing this gadget cooldown thing, why buy gadgets for five grand when you can buy a melee for five grand? You can commit to upgrading the melee where it can one hit down you like the axe, for example. And then that's something that you can go and retrieve and continue using as much as you want to. They fixed the problem with melee weapons forever ago, and if they don't do something to the melee weapons, that same problem is going to come back in full force. It's going to be worse because you're going to have more people running. Yeah, the same shit. Like exactly. Exactly. Start off and just gonna. It was really bad before. Yeah. Exactly. So the next thing that I noticed here was uh, on this next screenshot. It has the respawn in three seconds, and at the bottom down here, it says change loadout. Now, we can look at this one of two ways. The first and the most logical way that I'm looking at it is you hit the change loadout button. It brings up your buy screen, and that's where Mm -hmm. you purchase upgrades for your weapons, perks, and all that kind of stuff. Because this is just in respawn mode specifically, right? Mm -hmm. Or we can take a look at this screenshot. Now, this is a screenshot of... A uh, video that's on YouTube right now of the Rogue Company mobile uh, alpha, closed alpha, whatever. This is not something that I provided. I want to give a disclaimer for that now. I can pull the video up right now. But in this mobile, Rogue Company mobile system, you have the Mark IV here. And as you can see, you've got four perk slots at the bottom here. And you have different perks. And the perk that's selected right now is called Rapid Fire. And it increases the fire rate by 10%. You also have some that do piercing damage where it pierces through enemies. You have some that do like 10% body damage. You have some that increase headshot damage. You have some that makes the handling better. You have some that makes the reload better. Like to me, this is like the perk, the equivalent to having perks in Rogue Company right now that we're playing where you've got, you know, uh, armor and you've got life drain and bounce back and all that stuff. It's like they kind of like did away with the individual perks for the rogues. And it seems to me, and I haven't played a lot of the rogue company mobile alpha stuff, but it seems to me they're trying to bake that stuff into the weapons as opposed to making it something that the rogues have to purchase. But when we covered the uh, Q and a stuff that was submitted to us anonymously last time on the last episode of broadcast, they're interested in adding perks to the rogues. So I guess you could look at it as if when you look at this change loadout screen, then if they're going to incorporate the loadouts from the mobile version of the game, that could cause some serious problems to Rogue Company. I mean, think about it. If we're just going to talk about time to kill as a whole right now, right? If you start increasing the fire rate of the weapon without mm. it without it decreasing the bullet damage or doing anything to the handling to the weapon, because on the side over here, it says fire rate goes from 7.52 to 8.27, but the handling stays the same, the body damage stays the same, and everything else stays the same. So you're increasing the time to kill of that weapon. Then whenever you do 10% body damage, that's increasing the time to kill of the weapon. Whenever you're doing 15% headshot damage, that's increasing 
increasing the time to kill of the weapon. Whenever you're putting an extended mag on it to increase the ammo count, that's uh, making the team TTK for that weapon longer. You know what I mean? So I thought about this like as as a hypothetical type situation, right? How do you balance if they decide to introduce something like this into the game where you pick the Mark IV, you go in there, you add specific perks to it? How do you balance that in the game right now? Like, what do, what do you guys think? <clears throat> I mean, it's it's kind it's tricky, right? Yeah, I didn't think about it. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. But like, I was like, what do you do? Okay, this is what I came up with. This is the only way that I can think that this would actually work in the game right now. And l let me preface this by saying, if they're going to do something like this, if they're going to have a loadout-type system for the weapons, that's not necessarily a bad thing because it's going to add interesting and new ways to play the game. It's going to give you different versions, and you can make different builds for specific weapons at that point, right? But... What you're going to have to do is, let's say, for example, this rapid fire perk. Before you load into a match, you put the perks that you want on your weapon and you put them in whatever order that you want to. And you assign yeah. a dollar value to each of the perks. Whenever you buy the weapon and go to upgrade it in whatever order that you have these perks arranged. Wow. I see. Yeah. So, yeah, let's say rapid fire is a ten thousand dollar weapon upgrade. That, to me, like, if we loaded into a game right now and we were playing ranked, for example, you would have to play two to three matches in order to get enough money to purchase the weapon to begin with and then be able to buy that perk or that weapon upgrade in order to make the TTK on that faster. But you're going to spend ten grand, which means you're not going to be buying perks, you're not going to be buying gadgets, you're not going to be buying any of that stuff. You're going to be using the economy in the game to balance a perks, a weapon modification system out like this. That's the only way that I can think that this would work. That makes sense. But do they really have the, the thought process? Yeah. And do, do they, they think about that? You know, exactly. And do they want to put that ma amount of work into bringing a system like this into the full, full game? Because we've got what we've got already. And people aren't upset about it. Some of the weapons need to be balanced a little bit, but nobody's arguing about, well, we need more customizable options for our weapons or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sounds like a beta thing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So like the loadout thing, we may be looking a little bit too much into it, but I also want to cover all the bases because like, if it's something that they're really thinking about doing, they really need to sit down and plan this out and like have some type of a a way to balance this. Because if you don't, it is going to fuck your game up worse than the original TTK changes. It's going to be bad, man. Could you imagine everybody like running around with a fully upgraded weapon that does plus ten percent body damage, plus ten percent or plus fifteen percent headshot damage, that fires ten percent faster, and also has thirty five percent more ammo? That's just the perks that I saw on the video. I mean, the time to kill for that weapon is going to be fucking insane. You're going to be dead before you even know it. Mm -hmm. Sounds familiar. Exactly right. 
And who wants to go mm. back to that? You know? But yeah, it's it's good to have another This Week in Rogue Company come out. It's good to know that the update's coming out soon. So if they do the update show on Thursday, they'll open the PTS up on Friday, Saturday, and then we probably won't get that update until... I mean, they said the 21st is when the update show's happening, so we probably won't get it until the first week of August. And at that point, you've got 30 days left of your uh, battle pass at that point, somewhere around 30 days left. So in 30 days, you're going to turn right around. You're going to do an update show. You're going to do the show the battle pass off, the balance chain. Like, you're not really going to be able to do major balance changes between those two updates. Like, the system that they had before where it was like a mid-season update that happened as close to the middle of the season as they could possibly do it. Yeah. That made more sense. You could do micro adjustments to things that are broke, obviously broken and needs changes at that point, and then you can revisit major problems at a later date. I don't know what they're doing. So next up here, we have a post by Minnie White Rabbit herself. She's back on her rogue company bullshit, as she said. <laughs> and she posted this on July the 13th at 4.38 p.m. in the afternoon. And she said, hey, rogue company creators, big and small, I have a question. Small thread. Currently, we have a lot of hardworking creators who are too small for the main program. However, I was considering running a micro creator program. With a micro creator program, my goal would be to help lift you up as a small creator. That means community of practice space to connect with the bigger Roco creators and learn from them. Access to the Roco creator resource bank, free battle pass, exclusive space in the Roco creator discord, support for planning small tournaments and events, potential for some creator features, also, this is obviously more grassroots and would not have access to the preview events and other NDA content, but would offer you all more support than currently exists. Thoughts? And then she put a poll up, and as of right now, it's got three days left. There's 235 votes. 81.7% said yes. 8.1% said indifferent. And 10.2% said no thanks. So, what do you think about a micro creator program? Well, how do y'all feel about that? Because y'all are creators for Rogue. <laughs> I just play and do the podcast, but well, I'll make stuff. Well, what do you think? Okay, so Garbo, do you know what the current criteria for being one of the Rogue Company content creators is as of right now? I know you have to have like an average of like a thousand views, right? Well, all right. Here, here's the eligibility that you have to have, right? It was the breakdown. Yeah, break it down. So this is on the actual Rogue Company website. If you go to roguecompany.com/slash/creators, then it pulls this up. So basically, you have to be at least 18 years of age. You must adhere to our creator code of conduct. At least 30% of your content must be Rogue Company focused. Must sign an NDA to access select perks. Uh, content cannot be dedicated to leaks or data mining content. So live streamers. I'll, I'll do live streamers and YouTubers and then everything else I'm not going to worry about. Like podcasters, social media yeah, pages. Uh, like we could talk Instagram. about the podcasters thing, but like anyway. Um <laughs> So for a streamer, you have to have a minimum of 40 plus average concurrent viewers on your live streams for the last 30 days. 
have at least two. This is one of On the this game. Yes, oh, no, yeah. Kidding. One of the following, or if not, the more the better. So you either have to have a minimum of forty plus average concurrent viewers in the last thirty days, have at least two thousand plus views per vod in the last thirty days, and produce high quality, engaging content that does not violate the creator code of conduct. For YouTubers, um, and you have to have one of the two. Well, I, I guess one of the one. I don't know. Minimum of 5,000 average views per VOD in the past 30 days or have at least 1,000 YouTube subscribers, right? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, if I go to Twitch right this second, right, yeah. and, and look at how many people are watching Rogue Company people stream, what do you think? It's usually that, well under a thousand, dude. Usually around eight hundred, seven hundred, yeah. like Yeah. So, so it's how? Seven hundred and sixty five people there you go. right now. And that is with It's always that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You check it any time of the day. Yeah. And that's I wish you could tell how many people were streaming the game. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, yeah. six. There'll usually be a lot. I can tell you how many streaming on PlayStation. And it's 15. It's 11 p.m. Saturday night. You know? Yeah. That's peak hours, man. So there's six people per row and there's 29 rows. So what's 29 times six? Hold on. 29 times six. So that's 174 people that are streaming your game right now. That's wow. currently live. 174 people, and you've got 750 people watching, right? So if you divide that out, that's an average of 4.3 people per stream that's watching. Mm. So realistically, how do you expect people to meet a 40-plus minimum Concurrent viewership in 30 days. Mm -hmm. If we're going to speak on, because that's what we know right now. If we're going to speak on rogue company content creators specifically for YouTube, there has not, since Dr. Disrespect and Courage and all those guys played, there hasn't been a massive push on either streaming or on uh, YouTube content creation since the, since that happened. Whenever you're advertising that there's 20 or 25 million people that have downloaded your game, there was no spikes in content at that moment. Yes, there's been little upticks here and there, but I'm talking about a major spike. I'm talking about a major influx of people searching out that information and searching out content from content creators. Your biggest content creator right now on YouTube, I would have to say, is Gravity War. Yeah. Gravity War is the only person that comes anywhere near getting this 5,000 views per VOD. And he's averaging anywhere from 2.5 to 15K views per video. Let me ask you, why, is you, why does YouTube have to be more? I don't, I guess because it's like, what's people's is it just YouTube? I guess because people search out um, what would be considered dated content. Like oh. since since you're producing a video and putting it up that can be consumed at any time, it's oh, got yeah. a little bit of different production value than the a live shelf stream. Life is different. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but the caveat to that is a thousand subscribers, right? You've yeah. got I Donnie. I'm just going to use him as an example. He's got like 2.5 k 
subscribers on YouTube and all of his content except for like single player games and stuff is rogue company focused, but he's not part of the creator program at the moment. What's up with that? I don't know if it's because they don't like his surely he reached out. Well, I'm I'm sure that he's filled out a, an application for it, just like mm-hmm. I have. Just Kelly Kai. Kelly Kai's got 1.5 or 1.6K subscribers right now, and he's not part of the partner program. And that's the thing, dude. He's always that's up in the middle of everything. Right he's, he's on it. Yeah, if, if if there's a fireside chat, he's in there. If there's a live stream, he's popping in. What? Yeah. what? yeah. Why? They need to bring in some new blood. There's just there's just these certain people that are doing the job for them, and they're not even letting them be part of it that deserve to be part of it. Right. I'm not pointing any fingers, man, but there's some people that are content creators that don't meet those numbers. So yeah, exactly. And what? that that's where it gets kind of iffy, right? And that's kind of where this smaller creator program comes in. And my response to many on this stuff because I I responded to it and I said. If you set realistic goals for your main creator program, whatever you want to call it, if you legitimately set realistic goals for that, 40 plus concurrent viewers over 30 days is an unrealistic goal. When you're averaging 800 viewers at any time of the day split between what we know of at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night, you've got 174 streaming your game, 174 people. That sounds like gatekeeping. Exactly. To me. I yes. Don't know about yeah. And here, like, if they're going to do it, they need to do it in a tier system. They need to make it make sense. You've got to redo your entire creator program qualifications. Yeah. And then if you want to do a mini or a micro creator program, then that's fine. And have stepping stones to become like a different level of this creator program. Because like, Think about it. If you have somebody starting out, let's say the criteria to get into the mini or the micro creator program is 100 YouTube subscribers, right? Mm-hmm. And then once you hit 1,000, then you graduate into the mid-level. Yep. And let's say they put Going a higher Yeah, let's say they put a higher level up. Let's say once you get to 5K or 10K uh, subscribers for Rogue Company as of right now, and... If it's going to go downhill, then it then it can change. If it's going to grow in popularity, then it can change. But as of right now, five to ten k subs, then you have a higher tier. And because we all know that creators get involved in these uh, play with developer events to try out new things, right? This isn't a mystery. We've seen videos and stuff from it where we've seen some of the content creators playing with some of the developers on unreleased content to give feedback on it, right? Correct. Okay, why? Yeah. So if you're going to make a high tier, like the highest tier that you can, why not bring those people in whenever concepts are being developed? You know, help. Exactly. Uh, Whenever somebody has the bright idea of of doing a cooldown system for gadgets, before you even start coding it, before you even start fleshing everything out completely, why don't you ask some of these content creators their opinion on that stuff? That's what they play it all the time. Exactly. PTS service correctly. Yeah. Right. Like, why is it? Why can't all these people not be able to come in and actually test out the service correctly instead of just letting these content creators get early access? Because that's what all it is. Like, that's what the PTS service sounds like to me. It's just granting early access for these content creators just to get content, not to really 
check out the game or fix the bugs of the game. Yeah, and exactly. So it's what it is. Yeah, yeah. What it is. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't think that like a mini or a micro creator program is a terrible idea by any stretch of the imagination. I think that it makes sense because like the more people that you have creating content for your game, the more likely that somebody's going to stumble across that content, the more likely that that person is going to download that game. Now, are the developers going to be able to do a good job at hooking that player and keeping that player around? That's mm. where the that's where they have to fulfill their side of that obligation. That's Radthar. Exactly, right. I'm just saying the matchmaking right now for them is oh. not in their favor. Mm-hmm. So nothing to do with crossplay. Yeah, right. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So I don't. On the whole, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I think that if Minnie feels inspired to do this and she wants to do this, I think that she could. She should. I also think that it would be a good vetting process for people as far as bringing them into the creator program by all means and all stretch of the imagination. And it gives somebody a a way to graduate. Like if she instated this right now and she was like, I want you to be a part of the micro creator program, even though you qualify for the full creator program because we want to vet you. I'd be like, that's fine. Like, I don't want a lot of these perks that they're offering. It almost sounds like that's her way of reworking. Yeah, exactly. Because maybe they already have the creator program in place. And it's like, we had a team at high res that this is the creator program for every game. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Well, this game's not like the other games. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So maybe she's, she's going to make miracles happen, but it's good to see her back. It's good to see that. It is nice. Yeah. It's good to see this week in Rogue Company back and an update coming soon. It's, 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 it's like the band's finally getting back together. Yeah. Minus Gandhi, but that's fine. Feels good, man. You know? Yeah. Feels real good, yeah. man. Yeah. It's nice to hear from somebody. Yeah. For real, right? Where are you, Ben? <laughs> So next up, this is something that I wanted to hit on real quick. So this is what Minnie, she posted this on the uh, Reddit page, server issues, mega thread. If you go to the Reddit page, this is pinned at the top right now. So she said, hi, rogues. Over the past few days, I've seen an increase in reports from you about server issues. Unfortunately, the team cannot investigate without relevant data. So I'm asking for your help. If you are experiencing rubber banding, dropped matches, matches not connecting, or delayed hit registration, please provide me with the following information. Match IDs, regions, the country you're playing from, platform, thank you. And then edit. July the 15th, because this was posted two days ago. So this was posted on the 14th. So edit July 15th. We've pulled a lot of match logs from this thread and are investigating the servers that people are landing on in these matches. Please keep these match IDs coming. So it's good that this post exists. It sucks that they ha- there hasn't been any type of retweet or anything from the main Rogue Company account. I'm going to continue to say this until they get their shit together on their social media team. Like that's You're back all- on your bullshit? I'm back on my bullshit, dude. How yeah. fucking hard is it? Because she retweeted it. How hard is it for somebody to go over to her tweet that runs the Rogue Company Twitter account and press a goddamn button? Okay? You would think she'd have access to it. Exactly. But anyway, it's good to see that they're trying to make a push to figure out what the server issues are. I can tell you what the server issues are, but you're not going to want to hear what the server issues are. You need to get better servers. But 
What sucks is the fact that, like, she's been kind of more or less MIA dealing with personal things for the past three, four weeks, right? There has been nobody take the initiative to do anything about this. If they need information like this, and yes, you're going to have to continuously repost the information that you need, why can't Radar do it? Why can't Pretty Hair do it? Why can't Gandhi do it? Why can't Xenon do it? Why does it have to be the community manager that's like, hey guys, we know you're experiencing server issues. Can you please give us the match IDs, the regions, the countries, and the platforms that you're playing on so we can figure out what's going on? It's like they don't give a shit about the servers until the community manager's like, hey guys, I don't know if you've seen, you know, since I've been gone or whatever, but people are like upset because the servers are shit right now. And they're like, oh yeah, we've seen that. We're just not worried about it. Well, they're used to it. Just, yeah. That's, yeah yeah you're right yeah so like i said this is pinned at, on the reddit page at the very top if you're experiencing any of these issues be sure to get the match id the match id is in the match now so you can screenshot the match if you record any highlights from the match it's going to be on your highlight it's in one of the corners i don't know which one exactly it's in but you know what region you're playing on you know what country you're in and what platform you're in get those match ids get that information over to them because look bottom left okay bottom left we as a community know what the problem with the servers are they're in a country that's on the other side of the world <laughs> There, I mean, unless they get servers in this country, we're going to continue to have these issues. There's a cable that runs through the ocean. Yeah. And back. Yeah. So if you're experiencing any of this, be sure to drop over to Reddit and drop a line. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Drop yeah. drop the inflammations like, over there. Are we as a it's funny not that giving them enough information? Well, it's funny that she's like, in the past few days, it's like, huh? Yeah. We know that you've been forever. Where's the delegation? Like, we're in her absence. Who was supposed to be running in her stead? Like, somebody should have been behind the wheel. Nobody. I mean, clearly, the car's on fire. Poor Minnie, for real. I mean, she's the one who's catching all this now. But, like I said, it is a good thing that we're finally seeing something. But I just feel like that. Even like in her absence, her coming back, she should be able to realize that there should be plenty of videos and stuff out showing all this already. All the rubber banding, the drop matches, matches is not connecting. All, everything that she's like asking for, all that stuff has already been happening. We've been uploading it. We've all been seeing it. It's all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So next up, we're going to be talking about some more RCCS stuff. And I kind of want to preface this a little bit by saying like, unless something major, major, major happens, or unless they have an announcement for what the RCCS fall series is going to be or anything like that, this is pretty much going to be the last time that I'm going to cover or that the broadcast in general is going to cover any of this RCCS drama that's going on. Can't get any information. We can't get any information, I mean, and what we're going to do tonight 
is present the details that we have. And we want you guys as a community that listens to the podcast to form your own opinion and let us know what you think the issues with the RCCS is down below in the comments, or you can tweet at us at broadcast. You can email us broadcast at gmail.com. Just let us know what you guys think is the real issue with the RCCS, right? And we're going to start it off hot and heavy here. So Real Blue, we talked about Real Blue on the last episode of the broadcast. He's been doing some incredible stuff at looking at Rogue Company through the prism of the esports side of the world because he is a caster. He is someone that did work with Hi-Rez for, for quite a while doing a lot of their Paladin stuff. He's helped with some of the Rogue Company stuff as well. And he's been reporting on a lot of this stuff on his YouTube channel. So if you're interested, go check all this stuff out. He did this incredible video called Why Cool is Banned. This is what he had to say. The definition of a calm person who lets his play speak for him at Cool Matt has been a top player in both Paladins and Rogue Company. Now he is banned from the RCCS due to potential behavior, right? So banned for past actions banned for past behavior so when you pull this video up and we're not going to watch the video the video is 30 minutes long and you can find it yes and blue does blue does a great job at breaking all of this information down so long story short cool matt doesn't like rome he's made it very vocal and very apparent that he is not a fan of Rome, that he is not a fan of him being in charge of the Rogue Company competitive side of the world, and that he wants to compete. He just can't compete because he's banned. And then after he got banned, then because he had an exchange with Rome at one time and told Rome that he didn't want to deal with him anymore, he got banned. And then he reached out to Radar, right? And, of course, Radar gave a lot of the default responses that Radar always gives. Finally gets some information as to he was banned for his potential bad behavior or his potential explosive behavior, how he talks to staff, how he talks to other players and things like that, how he conducts himself. I want to make that apparent. How he conducts himself, how he talks to people, how he talks to staff and other players. Because this is going to come back around here in just a little bit, right? On the heels of this, Jake Lucky. I don't know if you guys know who Jake Lucky is, but Jake Lucky, what was that channel that he was a part of? Esports, something esports. Esports News or... Yeah, I can't remember. Something esports. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah, it it was massive. He, He was doing a lot of great stuff. He reported on a lot of like... You know, streamers getting banned, uh, esports. All the drama. Yeah, all, all the. He was basically what? Keemstar of the esports scene, right? Yeah. More or less, you know, drama alert, but with, with esports. So he saw this video from Blue, and this is what he had to say about it. And there's some screenshots here, and we'll go over these screenshots. And some crazy news former Paladins World Champion and Rogue Company pro player, Cool, who has had toxic instances in his past. Claims he was banned from the game for his potential to be abusive towards high-res staff. He showed me a message corresponding with a high-res lead. So the pictures that we have here is the actual blue post that we just talked about. And this is a screenshot that came from 
Radar. In the video, this is what came from Radar. I know that the names are blurred out and everything, but this is from Radar. My apologies, it's taken this long to respond. Last week was rather busy for us. I spoke with our head of esports, and they confirmed the decision not to let you compete was made based on past behavior. This provides some context to other material I was provided, but it does show you have the potential to be abusive towards our staff. There was also mention of behavior from Paladins, but I don't have context on that. Not the answer you want, I'm sure, but to be very clear, this was not a Rome decision. This was made by our staff. So once Jay let him play all those. Dude, he was in the January land event. You know, he 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 did all that paddling stuff. That's years ago. Yeah, exactly. Years ago at this point. Didn't get banned then. No, not at all. Apparently blue was a coach for a Paladins team, for a console team that Paladins had, that his team was scrimming against this team that Cool Matt was a part of, and he wanted to pick Cool Matt up because he liked the guy, he liked the way that the guy played, and he also liked the way that the guy talked to the people that he's on a team with and also the the coaches and the managers and things like that because Paladins actually had an eSports team's eSports scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that meant a lot. And I mean, whenever you have someone that's a coach for another team, that's like, I want that guy on the team, not just because of his ability to play, but also because of how respectful he is to everybody. Then that kind of says a lot about the guy, right? Especially in esports. So Jake Lucky, he's verified. He has 269.5 K followers. This is a dude He's a media personality. This is a dude that whenever something goes down and he reports on it, you might want to pay attention, you know? So, so people did pay attention and that gets us into the video. So this is a clip from one of blues recent, somewhat recent streams where it is kind of addressed as to what certain people think about this and, and, and what's going to happen going forward. Rome told me not to send him a video for the RCCS anymore because of the cool video. He doesn't like it. Ready as will ever be. Okay. Wait, that's that? He doesn't like it? He doesn't like it. Okay. He doesn't (laughs) like it at all. Rome doesn't like the video. Rome doesn't like the fact that someone like Jake Lucky actually reported on it, spread the news around about said video. That's what it was. Yeah. He doesn't like that, right? Yeah. So he does it like behind the scenes here, Blue was was gathering like clips and stuff and 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 doing a lot of the work behind the scenes for the esports team at high res, which whether he's contracted or not, Rome is a part of. So Rome didn't like the video. He doesn't want Blue to be part of any of the RCCS stuff anymore. That's that. So as long as Rome's still there, Blue's not going to be able to cast anything. He's not going to be able to host any of the events for Rogue Company. He's done. Because he made a video about one of the people that he's friends with that cannot compete in the RCCS for 
all of the reasons that's in that video. And if you're interested, I suggest you go watch the full 30 minute blue video. It's he, good. He does a great job at breaking everything down. Well, after you watch the video, you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. Right. So he was fine to compete in all these paladins tournaments, all this stuff. Yeah. Until now, until Not now. Yeah. Potential. Yeah. Because he doesn't like Rome and he told Rome that he doesn't like him and he told Rome he doesn't want to deal with him anymore. And since Rome gets to do whatever he wants to do over at the uh, high res esports side of the world, then he's no longer allowed to play. No, no, no. It wasn't Rome. There's oh, yeah, a team. Yeah. There's a team at high res that decides. Yeah. Now they let him play all these years. Yeah. Because we're talking years ago, guys. Yeah. Years, maybe what four or five? Yeah, I would think I mean, really? so. Really, 2016, 2017, 2018. Yeah, that's more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, on the hills of this, we have a former rogue company content creator who has since gone on to do. I'm not going to say bigger and better things because he's doing a lot of Apex stuff, but he's doing different stuff now, right? Die Hard GG. And if you look this tweet up, it doesn't exist anymore. But we've got it. Mm. He said, what the fuck is this on my timeline? From literally anything I've watched or heard from friends in the comp scene, this guy was relaxed and no issues at all. Sounds like the head of esports over at, at Rogue Company needs an ego check. Hmm. Well, if it's if it's the esports guys that did it, yeah, yeah, and they made the decision, then yeah. But whoever pulled the trigger on this, absolutely, You'll never get that answer for that. Oh no, not at all. There's a team that yeah. decides. Yes, exactly. exactly. They don't reply to emails. No, nothing. No. They don't care. No info. None at all. So the last little piece, the last little nugget that we have, the little nugget of truth that we have here was something that was captured during the RCCS 2v2 ladies only strikeout tournament. And this to me is very interesting and paints a very, very, very clear picture. I don't know what's up with uh, Spence and them. I can hear Spence or the other male voice communicating with Jess and Golden as a coach on Jess's stream. She's on the phone? No, she was on Discord. They're on Discord. Here, you know what? I'll hop into the cord with Rome and see what they say. Or what he says. Let's see what he says. Terrifying. Oh my Yo, Rome. Yo. Yeah. Um, just so you could clarify for like me and my chat, but um, there's okay. So how Spence and Joker were able to talk to Jess and Golden were allowed for that to happen. Yeah, we talked about this in the chat multiple times. So, like, what's the rule set for the coaches? Like, they could speak during the match, not like after or like during the break or in between matches. It's like during the whole thing. Yeah, that's what we. The, I, I'm really confused as to why this is even a thing because, like, we all spoke about this. In the no, chat. I'm confused because I didn't see it in chat. But like, I'm not mad at it. It's just my chat's confused. 
So this is an explanation for my chat. Well, I mean, everyone was it. You can literally scroll up in the ladies' chat. It was talked about a lot this morning, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, coaches are allowed, just like they're allowed in any online tournament anywhere. That's never a problem in competitive anything. If you want 50 people in your call telling you what to do, that's fine. You can. But most of the time, people don't like that because it ends up making you lose. Because it stresses you out and does all these other things. So it's usually a negative. Mm -hmm. If you want to, yeah, by all means, you can have as many people as you want in your call. Like, that's never an issue in any type of competitive setting ever. Like, there's rules at lands, but when it comes online, you can have a million people in your Discord call. Like, that's, like, that's literally online. Like, what? Like, when has there ever been a situation where having multiple people in a Discord call is a problem during a tournament, ever? Like, that's, like, literally it no. happens every single main event. That's why I'm, like, that's why I'm confused as to why this is even being a topic. Like, coaches are always, always allowed. No, like, I know coaches are allowed, but, like, this is, um, like, it's just a question from chat. So, it's just a question I had, I mean... No, that's fine. I'm more confused as to why it, the question is even being brought up in chat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why it's more confusing. Because, like, everyone knew coming into today that coaches were allowed. There was coaches used in literally every single round of the tournament. Then all of a sudden in finals, people are acting strange like they didn't know it was a thing. Like, it's not a, been a thing in esports forever. And they're acting like today it should be different all of a sudden. Like, that's strange. But, yeah, that's why I'm more just confused as to why it's even a question from chat more than anything. So, that's all. But, yeah, coaches are allowed. That's fine. Oh, okay. So they could speak during the match too. Is that how it is in like esports? Like they speak during the matches? Yes, that is how it is during all. Like it, you can literally go to any online, like what any online esport. Like they'll have someone else in their call. Any road company tournament, they'll have somebody else in their call. Like people don't just have the four players that are in there all the time. Like sometimes they do have an extra player. Like for that's the CDL that's happening right now, do they have coaches in call? I don't know what the rule set is for CDL. I don't know. That's because uh, you know. said every esport, so I'm a little confused. Okay, a lot of esports. Not every esport has the exact same rules, so I don't, I'm not going to speak on an esport. I don't know exactly the rule set. So I, I see. Don't know. So I was just asking the rules for Rogue, and then you're saying every esport, but I'm just asking for Rogue because aren't well, you the one making the rules? No, but the rule set for Rogue is that yes, coaches are allowed. It's never been an issue in Rogue. That's all. Okay, and they're allowed during the whole match. I do I I don't know why I got to say this more than once. Yes, they can t spot, talk whenever they want okay. during the match. Whenever, it's not an issue. I see. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that explanation. Come here. All right. Later. <laughs> okay. There's your answer, chat. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I had a I had just let me let me see. You know what? Let's go back and check what they said. Cause he said that it was in the group chat and I didn't read it. Like I get so many messages. You think that I'm gonna hold up? Okay, let's see. Not sure why it'd be needed to be added to the rules. It's never an issue in COB. There is no spectators and everyone streaming will have a delay. So if you want 50 people in your call talking to you telling you what to do by all means do it lol most people hate having extra people in their calls so it doesn't happen often there won't be coaches at land though you're on your own there so that's what he said so he's right he's like there's if you're like it's not like they're in there saying oh they're they're rotating or oh like having their pov watching their pov the same time 
as um they're watching the game happen and unfold and giving the comms because there is a delay you know so i could see where he's coming from but it's like people who have never heard the rules before it's like okay and then like you give the answer in that type of way it's like it comes off across as like being a douche but it was just an honest question so will this be added to the rules ga not sure why it'd be needed to be added to the rules it's never an issue in comp but the thing is is that you don't know if this is somebody's first time doing comp so you're gonna have to go mm. from like a to z in the rule set you understand even if it's done somewhere else you're gonna have to have it written because like i said in cdl you don't know if they're allowed um coaches you know what i mean so it's like how can you say that it's never an issue in comp when it is an issue in comp sometimes there's no spectators and everyone streaming will have a delay see this is where it starts to make sense so why can't you just add that to the rule set so there's no questions because if it's not in the rules, obviously there's going to be questions. I feel like it's just miscommunication. But it, it's not like they're telling them their position. Like, oh, they're camping left side. Oh, they're camping right side. But it's just like the way that he answers the question, too. I can understand what you mean by that. I feel like he was coming off defensively because he thought that I was asking him, like, why is this even a rule? You know, I'm asking it, like... I don't understand the rule. Can you go a little bit more in depth? And then making me feel bad that I'm asking the question. But that's the thing. It's like, uh, like I could understand how people communicate. And he was just replying in a defensive way. I feel like he just thought that I was saying, oh, why is this even a rule? Why? Why is this allowed? This shouldn't be allowed. I'm just asking, like you said, for clarification. But... Jeez, with jeez, people communicate the way people communicate, and that is all right. So, I think that we get a very clear picture of a couple of things from this video clip, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think that whenever she called him and was like, "Chat needs clarification." First of all, he needs to understand that she's streaming yeah. and there's people that mm -hmm. have no idea what the rule set for well, any of these it things sounds are. like she's in the competition and doesn't know the rules exactly you know exactly yeah exactly and he already sounded aggravated because like oh, he was annoyed as fuck dude yeah right um and yeah. And at the same time, like, I remember when, you know, when this happened, because this was last weekend's at the time of recording this, this was the first qualification uh, matches for the 2v2 ladies tournament. And there was a big thing there towards the end of it where it's like, okay, these people had, you know, these people in chat with Extra them. Extra set of eyes. Exactly. They, had, they yeah. had people, like, coaching them and stuff. And there was a lot of people on Twitter talking about all this stuff. Well... I'm not part of this. I don't know anything about this. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. if, if her chat is asking a general question about it, then who better to answer that question? And then he's going to say, I don't know why this is even a question. I don't know why this is even an issue. And she's like, well, my chat mm -hmm. wants to know. It's obvious that it's not the 
chat of the actual ladies tournament. Yeah. It's the chat that where her viewers are asking questions about it. And I don't know how many times I got to say this. If someone you know? said that to me, I would have responded in a very much different way than she did. Seems to be a trend with him. Well, where he says stuff like this to people and yes, they're like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, exactly. So whenever you look at Rome's Twitter page, you see a lot of things about respect on there. You see a lot of things about like whenever the stuff happened with um, frag out, whenever stuff happened with with Drew, whenever stuff's happened with anything, it's always been respect. It's always been respect. Mm -hmm. If you want respect, you got to give respect. And and I have not in any situation whatsoever that we've investigated on this podcast heard him show or express any type of respect to any of the individuals that he is speaking with. Every clip we see, he's been very disrespectful, dude. He sounds like a narc, man. (laughs) But but, I mean, because that is, first of all, she's streaming. Why is he so mean? I mean, I don't know. Like, she's yeah. been real nice. Just, hey, had a quick question for my you. My chat just needs to know. I don't even know why it's a question. We don't, yeah, we're not in the ladies' chat, chat. Yeah, well, why does your chat I mean, need to know? That's what. That's the confusing part. No, they're Why business. is that confusing? Why is it confusing that her chat needs to know the rules? Like, why is that confusing you, man? Yeah, it, it just, it really doesn't make any sense why he approached. It's a pretty straightforward question. Yeah, right. And, and with him immediately turning defensive, and immediately, when, yeah, when I when I contacted him after one or two messages, immediately, immediately, immediately turned <laughs> yeah. defensive. Whenever anybody like he he was steering Drew into a specific direction where Drew lashed out, where Drew gets a a suspension for two games, so he was leading the subject into a direction by speaking to him as if he was less than a person, less than an individual. And then you want to talk about respect. You want to get defensive where people shouldn't talk to you that way. Well, you're talking down to people. Yeah. He just did that to her. Yeah. In front of all of her viewers, in front of everybody and in front of us. Yeah, live. So, like I said before, I tried to reach out to these people. Still haven't heard anything back from the esports, whatever the fuck he is over at High Res. Haven't heard anything back from him. Haven't heard anything back from anybody. Don't know if anybody's watching any of this stuff that is part of any of this. Don't really care one way or another at this point. All I'm yeah. going to say is the RCCS, as of right now, currently seems to be the most disrespectful unorganized esports in the history of esports. I've seen people that stream put on better organized tournaments that are more respectful to the players than the entire high res esports team. And anybody that is contracted under that banner of the high res esports team is just as much at fault as the people that have their checks signed specifically by the guy over high res. Well, what he said there, man, he was like, you can do it now, but at land, no, you're on your own. 
Yeah. Why is it any different? Yeah. And why is it any different? What's different about land? I can't have extra eyes telling me where people are at that I didn't see. Yeah. Because that's what they were doing. I mean, yeah. I mean, so I, and I don't know. Maybe the fact that, like, okay, if they bring a coach along, then they're not only going to have to fly two people out for that team, but they're going to have to fly a third person out, right? But or you could just have your coach show up. If you win, you win. I mean, yeah. Um, and also, like, it's not going to be broadcast. The 2v2 ladies strikeout tournament is not going to be broadcast whatsoever. At all? Like, no, not at all. Why are they, I mean, why are they flying them to Atlanta if they're not going to fucking broadcast it? A whole lot of money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and with that, I'm going to fucking curtail into the last little thing here before we get into the uh, community section of the broadcast. But here's the thing. I've watched both of the qualifiers for the ladies 2v2 strikeout tournament. It's been very enjoyable to watch for the most part until you get dumb shit like that that we just witnessed, right? But it's still very frustrating to know that like these People are competing and and trying to get qualifications to not be broadcast on the main stage. Why? To not, yeah, exactly. To not have the recognition of the the high res esports team of the high res esports league tournament, all that kind of stuff. It's not going to be broadcast at all. That's fucked up, man. Exactly. And then on top of that, you have two members of the esports team that's going to be casting the events at wait and playing yeah they're going to so since they're not I'm guessing that they found a fucking loophole for this shit because the silver the, the the lady that or the lady that we just watched with her interaction with Rome she is going to be one of the casters for the land event for the summer series Yet she is competing to qualify to be part of the tournament for the 2v2 strikeout ladies only. You don't so, normally see that. Radar said that that was a conflict of interest. He did. But he would, he have, to, but he would have to check and see if it yeah. is a conflict of interest. Well, he has to check with the esports team, but they don't reply. Yeah. Emails, so it's just, you know. Yeah. So He did for, say that about the play-in for... Elos and yes, it's a conflict of interest. Yes, and not only that, but there was also things that were said during these qualifying matches where the two the two individuals that are casting are like we're going to land regardless of if we qualify or not. Technically, yes, you are going to land because you're going to be casters there. If they don't qualify for it, are they somehow going to get shoehorned in? Because well, they're, they're going to be on camera because they're casters. But they're not going to be cast in the ladies' tournament because it's not going to be broadcast. That's what I'm saying. They're casting the other one. Exactly. So, like, is there a loophole here? And, like, should they be allowed to compete? Is it unethical to allow them to compete in a tournament and then, and then also broadcast? To me, that seems it's a little unethical. It's weird, dude. It's very awkward. It seems very unethical in a lot of ways, in my opinion. 
And the way I see it is if you want to compete in the 2v2, then you shouldn't be allowed to cast. If you want to cast, then you shouldn't be allowed in the 2v2. Like, pick one. What's weird, man, is she's a caster. He knows that. Mm -hmm. He knows she's going to be there. He probably had some say. Yeah. I would imagine. And her being there, he talked to her like that. Exactly. Whoa. Yeah. But he wasn't at the last land event. He was too busy doing Rocket oh, yeah. League shit. So nobody there had to hear it until after the fact. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, like I said before, as far as the drama is concerned, as far as all this other stuff is concerned, I'm done with it because I think that we've painted a very fair and very clear picture of of the people that are involved in the esports for RCCS and high res and. I mean, make your own assumptions. Let us know what you think, because I'm very interested. And Rome or anybody else over at over at High Res Studios that's listening to this, please feel free to reach out to me anytime you want to. Hmm. I'm on Twitter. Well, you gave them a chance. Oh, I gave them a chance before we talked about this. You yeah, know, two, three exactly. weeks ago. Like, yes. So, Here we are. So if you want to find some weird way to clear your name or to present your side of it, I mean, it's not too late, but some people might say it's mean. a little too late. Yeah. Maybe don't say stuff that doesn't sound good whenever people are live and recording. It's like he doesn't care. It's like he can get away with whatever he wants. All right, guys. So after all of that, incredible information about the rccs we're gonna we're gonna transition over to the community section if you want to contribute in any way you can hit us up on twitter at broadcast you can shoot us an email broadcast at gmail.com or you can join the discord server link is in the description down below there is a room or a section in the discord called broadcast contributions you can put anything that you want us to talk about there we'll take a look at it we'll discuss it on the broadcast but first up here, we have a post over on the Reddit page uh, by East Beginning 9626 Some people here are just way too entitled. What happened? Saw a post where someone played 10 ranked games in their first season and is complaining about placing bronze. You only have played 10 total ranked games in your life. Chill out. Another post where someone was saying that the starter rogues are bad compared to the new rogues. Some of the OGs are the best rogues in the game. Someone else was complaining about not getting free daily crates to get free items. What the hell is going on here? Is it just cool to complain now or what? It's no wonder the devs stay out of here. Any comment by them is like kicking a beehive. I've never seen such a small community complain so much. Sad part is I know full well... I'm about to get downvote spammed by 90% of the people here because I guess people who just enjoy vibing on the game don't come here anymore. Now, I think that this is a very interesting uh, perspective that this is coming from because this individual is not wrong. You know, oh. this this no. individual is not wrong at all. There's a ton of people that complain about various aspects of the game. And I think that the biggest thing that people have been complaining about here lately is the crossplay. Even to the point where people have come into my chat while I'm live streaming and 
almost make it a point to say, even though that they know I play on mouse and keyboard, they know that a lot of the people that I do play with are on console. They want to make a point because apparently there's this perception that all mouse and keyboard players are fucking incredible. But like you didn't even have an opinion. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, basically it doesn't matter what I think or what I say because I play on mouse and keyboard and all I'm doing is farming downs and just running train and wrecking all of these controller players. God mode. Exactly. But why, why do all the competitive players play on controller? You know, like why? Yeah. Why? That's a good question. Yeah, exactly. Like, why Why did the only keyboard and mouse players that played competitively swap over to controller? Because you you're uh, able to watch the tournament. You know that, right? <laughs> well, you're handicapping yourself, according to yeah. the yeah. team. Yeah. No. That's what they said. I mean, they told many that. She said it. Yeah. We reported it. Yeah. And then, like, a lot of the people are like, well, PC players shouldn't be able to play with console players. Okay, well, you do know that, like, a lot of the people that you watch stream and that create YouTube videos, a good chunk of those people are playing on PC, even though they're playing on controller. Right? Yes. So, if you want all PC to play against PC, we're still going to be playing crossplay, technically. So, I don't... I don't understand the argument, but anyway, it is a sad part that this dude's going to get spam downvoted. I don't think that this dude got spam downvoted, but possibly did. But at the end of the day, like, yes, there's a lot of people that complain. There's a lot of people that complain about things that need to be complained about, like the servers and the matchmaking and things like that. Then there's also people like this guy states here, they're complaining about not getting free daily crates. Yeah, remember the voice lines? They were like, the one skin has the same voice lines as the other one. Boycott high res. It's like, what? Wait a minute. Yeah, well, yeah, what? Why? You know, like what? So, and here's the thing. I think that the complaining for Rogue Company, since it is a smaller game, since it is a smaller company, since the player base is a little bit smaller, then you have, it's more apparent those those squeaky wheels, right? Yeah. I mean, if you go look at the Reddit page for something like Apex or Warzone or Fortnite, you're going to get a lot of the same stuff that you get on the Rogue Company. Yeah. But but some of that gets washed out by... There's so many people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, some of it gets washed out from people posting clips and memes and this and that. Yeah. So you're you're still... In relation to Rogue Company and other games like that, I would say it's the same amount of people complaining it's just less people that are actually like not complaining and not being vocal about it. And that's the way that it seems to be with like every game. And I think a lot of, yeah. And a lot of that comes from like passion about the game, some of it, but a lot of it also comes from like people just complaining to just complain about stuff in the game. And that's okay. They have the right to do that. As long as the internet exists, they can do that. That doesn't mean Yeah, that doesn't mean you have to listen to it or pay any attention to it. Yeah. Just let it go, Joe. You know? Just let it go. I've been waiting to use that. Yeah. You know? 
So next up, we have a post here by Solitary Stars, mode, playlist, gameplay diversity, and keeping the game interesting. Let's keep it entirely real here. The game's fun, even if I no longer play it. My only complaint at the time was a lack of diversity in gameplay. I personally don't like playing in the same modes over and over again, and only three modes plus a rare LTM just isn't cutting it. Instead, you could add a playlist feature where you could queue for multiple modes at once, which would fix the issue of queue times with a lot of modes. You could also then add more modes to give the players more gameplay options instead of the th usual three, rare, four. New and returning game modes. So this is what this individual is uh, suggesting. 6v6 battle zone pass, battle zone pass, wingman strikeout, wingman, wingman demolition, snipers only, wingman, snipers only, extraction, 1v1 random weapon arena on the wingman maps. So I'm guessing uh, something like, um, not one in the chamber, but gun game, something like that. Yeah, snipers only. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Again, this would help keep the gameplay interesting while adding more modes. And I think that this is something that the developers are are currently working on right now. I think that this is, they're wanting to add a multi-queue system for all game modes so that people don't get burnt out. They can play different stuff and vote on what they want to play. But I don't think that like, you know, the premier game mode hasn't been in the game in a minute. You know? Battlezone? Yeah. Um and six v six battles on yeah oh. yeah that sounds awful bigger you know? map yeah exactly the map's already too small to do what you're trying to do so you're gonna be putting two more people or four more people on there I mean come on you know but I think that at at some point they're eventually gonna wanna they're eventually going to do something like this it just how long is it gonna take. How many people? Too long. Yeah. How many people have you pulled from developing stuff for Rogue Company to to work on the mobile version? I mean, once you start splitting departments down into working on two different versions of the game, realistically, are they going to be able to innovate? And no, the answer is no. So where I agree that there should be multi queues, especially in public matches, instead and like rank should always be a single queuable mode depending on what game mode you're going in. So if you want to play demo, that should be a queuable mode. If you want to play strikeout, that should be queuable. If they put King of the Hill in there for whatever reason, that should be queuable as well. You know what I mean? What about a little ranked extraction, dude. Dude, that would be amazing. I would I'm waiting, dude. They have to bring extraction back at some point, right? Is it gone? Is it dead? They brought it back one time since they took it out of the game. Yeah. So at some point, they'll bring it back. And that was when Meltdown was first introduced into the game. So they took it out of the game and they put King of the Hill in there. And that was like a year ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah. And we've had it one time. So I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But, I mean, if they do something like that to where you have all the single life modes lumped together in one queue, even though Battlezone is a single life mode, I would still much rather queue that on the weird off chance that we're actually going to get Battlezone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Than, yes. than just play solely respawn game modes over and over again. Especially 6v6. Yeah. It runs so bad, man. It gets, yeah, it gets really janky and hitchy. If rubber banded, whoo, 
Yeah. yeah. Get that Man. fucking Semtec coming back every five seconds. Let's go. Yeah, yeah right. Six seconds for frag. <laughs> yeah. So last up here, we have a post by Midnight's Edge. It's a strong name. What ex- yeah. What exactly is the unavoidable weakness of the shotguns? Does this game not offer a plethora of cover and backside entrances to every position on any map that allows any players to get in close ranges? I refuse to believe comments bullying the noobs who complain about shotguns. If you have a coordinated team, you have the potential to consistently trade against shotgun users. But this only happens on paper or on some high-ranking team. I'm very confident in my aiming skills, but my skill has absolutely no input as I get obliterated before I can fire three rounds in a fully auto weapon. It's not like you can laser someone in 0.9 seconds, 1.75 seconds maybe, as they're dodge rolling between cover, either as they inch their way towards you, either. It's a lot of eithers. And Mm -hmm. then add in very questionable balance perks and you have an absolute stomp of a game. I even started playing Sigurd to try to turn the tables. You have to preemptively activate her shield since her guard takes about a second to actually block frontal attacks. As we all know, shotguns can kill you in less than a second. Your only hope is to fight broken with broken and bring in one and three quarters health bar anvil. Why does this community support shotguns? So I wanted to bring this up. This is, you know, I've seen this post about shotguns from various different people, from various different perspectives, ever since we started doing the broadcast. Yeah. And and here's what I'll say about the shotguns. I don't know if this individual played whenever the arbitrator meta was there. Mm. You know, I don't know if they played whenever the objection meta was there. Mm. You know, I, I don't know the experience that this individual has playing. But they made yeah. they made a massive change to shotguns where it had that percentage, you know, if you hit, you know, one to three pellets, it does this much damage. And it's this like this this changing, evolving shotgun damage system, which made the shotguns more viable because they went from being not really viable at all. Because sometimes you shoot somebody and hit them with the majority of the pellets and for some reason only do like 8 or 10 damage to now being something that is actual viable to use yeah. to play with. Like the S, was it the S12? Yes, yeah. I remember when it was like, this gun just ain't it. And it was like, oh, it works. Yeah. Dude, I would say matchmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're a noob and you're just getting run over with shotguns, it's probably the matchmaking. Yeah, exactly, right. And like there's ways to play around people with shotguns, but here's the problem though. You don't know who you're going against that actually has a shotgun. Yeah. Until you actually run into that person and you get killed with a shotgun. Well you know, one hundred. Yeah. You hear the call out, it's like he glitch has a shotgun. You don't get close <laughs> to him. You hear it all the time. It's like Yeah. Chalk's got a shotgun. Yeah. Stay away. So there's obviously ways to play around these people that use shotguns, but where everything falls flat is that you don't know going into that situation if they're going to have a shotgun or not. And 
And since you don't know that, since weapon mastery exists, and since the ability to change weapons between rounds, specifically in demolition, exists, you never know what you're going up against whenever the round starts. So you're always going to be at a disadvantage in terms of what the enemy team is using as their weapons and their gadgets and their perks. It looks like that's going to get worse. Like, <laughs> Yeah, right. When, you know what with, I mean? Pistol and melee and everything. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's as much a shotgun problem as it is an information problem. And I feel like if the developers put a system in the game where you could look at the scoreboard or something and see what weapons and what perks the enemy team actually had. Like paladins. Exactly. See it, the loadout. Exactly. Yeah, that'd if, be nice. Yeah. If you saw what they were running, if you saw the gadgets that they had, if you saw the perks that they had, then you would know going into any situation what to be expecting. Don't get close. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Really don't get like within 10 feet of them. But. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. If that information was conveyed to everyone, then I think that like, GA and shotguns completely out of almost every single tournament would go away. You know, I think that like shotguns yeah. could be balanced in a better way because you would know how you would know what you're going up against and it would be more apparent because the, the, the power of the shotgun is the unknowing. So if I, is. yeah. So if I'm playing Vi and we're playing High Castle, nine times out of ten, I'm going to use a shotgun because that map is very intimate. It's very close yep. quarters, you know? And she still has the Executioner, which is really, really good at medium to long ranges, even for just simple poke damage and to get armor broke and things like that. So you still have a decent damage output at range. You also have an incredible burst weapon at your disposal for up-close engagements. It makes sense to run it like that. It, you know, there's no reason why you wouldn't want to run it in that situation. Mm -hmm. But I'm not the type of person that tends to swap up what they're using after every single round. Yeah. Unless something's just not hitting right. If it just doesn't feel well, right, then I'll swap. Or if you're like, oh, we're using shotguns. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right? Yeah. I got one of those. Yeah. And then also it comes down to input method. Now this is like the shotgun argument does have a little bit just to, to go into the crossplay thing. I will say that here. I don't think crossplay is the issue. I think it's the matchmaking that's the issue. But also in that same vein, if you're playing with or against people with shotguns, your ability to move around that map and to try to get yeah. in and in close and away from that person as quickly as possible is very much dependent on how comfortable you are with the game, how knowledgeable you are of the map and of the weapons and of the rogues and, and how quickly you can move around and, and look around and, right. a, and, so me and Rubio was playing ranked yesterday, and we played a ranked match against one of the RCCS competitors, right? Oh. Bluffist. Oh. Or bluff, whoever it is. And one thing, of course, controller player, one thing that I noticed about this individual was that even with his non-ADS speed with his sticks is so incredibly slow that it was giving me a panic attack. Because I'm looking around all over the place. You know what I'm saying? I'm moving around all crazy. Um, and it goes to show you that 
if you were able to catch an individual like that off guard, even if they are an RCCS competitor, they're not going to have the reaction time because they're not going to be able to look around and move. Yeah. And that's where advantages and disadvantages in that regard come from as far as cross-place concerned. But regardless of what you're playing on, you have the ability to up your sensitivity. So that argument is almost null and void in that capacity because you could go in there and set your uh, your stick speed at 10-10 and hope for the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... I don't think shotguns are the problem at all. I don't no. I don't think it's the crossplay that's the problem, even though that now that you know that crossplay has been enabled, if you're playing on on controller and I'm playing on PC and we're both using shotguns, I'm gonna be able to move around at a better advantage than you will. You have a mouse. Yeah. That's, depend yeah. yeah, dependent on how your sensitivity set up. Yeah. But well, that's it, on them. Yeah, exactly. But it all really comes down to uh, to information. It's it's like playing ranked and playing with the draft system has kind of opened my eyes up and has become almost the preferred way to play this game now. Because you know what you're going against, you know who you're going against, and you know how to do picks, bans, and counters, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you play a public match, you don't know who you're playing against, you don't know what they're picking, and you're just winging it, basically. You don't get enough information to be successful. So it's a coin flip, you know, based off of matchmaking and everything else as to how that match is going to go. So, yeah, it all comes down to information. So don't blame well, that, the, the weapons. Whenever you started reading this, though, I was like, is he playing by himself? Because that's what we do. Yeah. We don't yeah. normally play with, you know, we usually get in there with at least three, if, you know, two, at least two. Yeah. If not three or four. And as soon as we see that someone has a shotgun, we're going to let you know. Oh, yeah. He's got a shotgun over here. Yeah. Watch out. This glitch has a shotgun. Like, yeah. That's huge. And when you play with randos, they're not, you know, they don't say much. You know, yeah. You played, you know, you know, (laughs) it's rough. Like, yeah. You need information. It's a tactical shooter. We're playing demolition. Communication. You need communication. Yeah, exactly. Information. Information. Communication. Liberation. You know? You need it all. All of it. All the Asians. (laughs) (laughs) But that is all of the community section. I know it's a shorter community section, but we did go over a lot of things, especially with RCCS. It's kind of become its own section in and of itself. And like I said, not going to go over that until we have some actual legitimate information. I think that we've already pulled and prodded at what the real issues with that are. So when we go back into the next episode of the broadcast, it's going to be full on either interview or community section covering community topics. But if you want to contribute in any way, you can hit us up on Twitter at broadcast. You can shoot us an email broadcast at gmail.com or you can join the Discord server. There is a section there called Broadcast Contributions. And if there's anything that you find that you want us to address or talk about, you can drop it in there. We will address it. We will talk about it. We'll give our thoughts and opinions on it. So for episode number 29, I'm here with Dirt Lord. I'm here with Garbo. <laughs> and I'm here with Griffin. <laughs>
And thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for watching. And we will catch you on the next episode. Have a good one, guys.